welcome to Her Natural Potential Podcast. This is the place where we help driven women get healthier, wealthier, and stronger. I'm your host, Nikki Quark, a registered holistic nutritionist and transformation coach, and I'm going to show you how to level up your nutrition, health, and mindset so you can start living life at your full potential. I am going to talk to you guys about something that I often get asked about. Now, a lot of the times when people are doing something with their nutrition, they often kind of look to different types of kind of like food rules, right? Is there something that I should be eliminating from my diet? Is there something I should avoid? And I'm going to just explain to you and dive deep into the gluten-free diet, what gluten is, who needs to make maybe eliminate it, certain things to kind of consider, because by no means do I feel like our health or our nutrition is one size fits all. And therefore, too, what works best for different people is going to vary. And so I always believe in just bringing awareness to different things, kind of bringing some things to your attention that you may not be aware of, um, and really figuring out what's going to work best for yourself. And if you are, however, dealing with any ma- like major hormonal imbalances or gut issues or bloating or anything like that, there are going to be times where I highly, highly recommend avoiding certain types of foods that can be more inflammatory, more difficult, difficult to digest. And gluten is one of those. So I personally, so little bit of a background for myself. Now, I never really kind of like avoided gluten. I never, never really thought about it until probably, I would say maybe like, 2000, I think it was like 2017-ish or something, where I started majorly, I started having these massive issues with my gut, with my digestion, with bloating. I mean, I couldn't figure out why. And I was, um, when I was in prep initially, when I did competition prep, I always noticed like my digestion and my bloating went down significantly. And I couldn't really figure out, like, first I thought it was just because there's processed foods, I was having more sugar, more junk food, that kind of stuff, because I wasn't in prep mode. But then I noticed even eating healthier foods and certain times, I would still have this chronic inflammation, this chronic bloat, and I couldn't figure out why. And even when I did have periods or weeks where I wasn't having cheat meals, then I would notice my weight was really stubborn. And I would have a really hard time losing that weight. I'd also notice if I did go out and I had a cheat meal or I had pizza or I had pasta or cookies or donuts or something like that, right? Those typical cheat foods that you will have like if you are working towards a fitness goal or anything like that. I'm not going to have a conversation about cheat meals. That's a whole nother story and just the mentality behind that. And some things I don't really agree around in terms of kind of having that cheat meal mentality. But that being said, whenever I ate out, whenever I went out, I'd have one meal and I noticed my weight would skyrocket. I would gain five, eight pounds overnight, I would feel extremely inflamed, extremely bloated. And even if I didn't eat that much, right? Like even if I wasn't eating a massive volume of food, I would notice my weight would skyrocket and I'd feel super inflamed and my gut and my digestion wouldn't quite be right for like about a week. And so this really led me to dive deeper into things. And I started 
asking specialists and doing certain testing and really kind of digging into it. And I ended up getting blood work done, which showed these gluten antibodies that were present. And so this is really common for people who have celiac disease. And I was like, oh shoot, I have celiac disease. Like I never even knew this. And so I did further testing. I even did like food sensitivity blood testing as well. And I found out that I was likely celiac, but it wasn't 100% confirmed. I didn't often have gluten in my diet in like massive amounts either, but I was having these antibodies present. So this was indicating to me that I was having an immune response to gluten. And so of course, what did I do? <laughs> I took the best advice and I ended up do, like eliminating gluten from my diet for a period of time. And I realized I felt a little bit better. And I noticed that I felt not only, I didn't have, not only have more energy, I felt less bloated. I felt less inflamed. I held on to less water and I just overall felt a lot lighter, if that makes sense. I didn't feel so kind of like weighed down and I didn't have this massive negative response when I had like these cheat meals, if I avoided gluten and I focused on kind of cleaner, more natural food. So this is where I really kind of was like, oh, awesome. So I have to go gluten-free, except I kind of went the pendulum swing swung the other way. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot ever eat gluten, all of this stuff. And I was like, I'm going to have this immune response had to avoid it. I was also told that I needed to really watch as well. Like if anything touched something else, like so restaurants, I let them know I can't have gluten. Also made stuff in my husband, boyfriend at the time, um, not be like bring anything that was like not gluten free into the house too, too, because I was told that if it like cross contaminated with something or use a plate or is on the counter or something like that, I'd have this response. So I ended up kind of like freaking out and going to like another extreme with it where I really kind of like was avoiding it because I was like, Oh, I'm like going to have this response. That being said, <laughs> Long story short, I spent a long time following a gluten-free diet and I've worked on my gut health. I've worked on my hormones. I've worked on myself. I've worked on my relationship with food. I've worked on all of these different things and I really learned my body. And now I'm in a spot where I can have gluten. So I can have wheat products and it doesn't trigger this massive response. And so this is where I wasn't necessarily celiac, but I had a severe gluten intolerance. And the reason why I want to start this conversation today with this example and with this story is because oftentimes we can create these food rules and go to an extreme where we can be like, hey, I'm going to be following a gluten-free diet and I can never have gluten again. Or I have this, like I get bloated or I get inflamed from this food or I had this food sensitivity or this food intolerance and then you avoid it for the rest of your life. And the ultimate goal guys, is yes, there's going to be certain times where you're going to have more of this inflammatory response or these trigger foods or these issues that are, or these foods that are more difficult to digest for your body. But the ultimate goal is to work on your gut health, work on improving your digestion, work on improving your intestinal permeability and just strengthen those intestinal walls and just really optimize your overall gut health where it gets to a point where even if you do have certain foods, it's not going to be detrimental. Now, of course, this is 
different if you are, for example, you have an autoimmune disorder like celiac disease, where you are kind of having this response to a specific type of peptide. But Also, that being said, there's different degrees of even autoimmune disorders. And there are many cases of autoimmune disorders actually going into remission with the right approach and kind of working on really kind of recovering and repairing the body. And so that's where like today I wanted to dive into a gluten-free diet, some things to consider and kind of the reasons why you might want to consider it for a period of time, but also knowing that it's not the goal to eliminate all these foods. I'm not somebody who A, would recommend, like feels like everybody on this planet needs to go follow a gluten-free diet. Like there's some amazing nutrients and some great foods out there using wheat or using whole grain and using rye and all of these different things. However, sometimes what's actually going to be best for us to reset our gut and repair our gut is removing certain foods for a period of time, working actually working on our gut health and getting to a point where now we can kind of reintroduce those foods where we don't have it being this major, major stressor on the body. There are going to be scenarios where you really want to really watch certain types of foods because they are a lot more triggering for the body. But again, a lot of people, A, can benefit from going gluten-free, but B, doesn't mean that everybody has to be going gluten-free for the rest of their life and avoid gluten like it's the plague. (laughs) So little disclaimer, we're going to dive into this because again, gluten-free is a major, major buzzword. So we often see it on different foods or different products or even different menu items or different kind of like recipes and so forth. And again, for the most part, it does reduce stress. It is easier to digest for most people because sadly, most people are also having a stressed out gut and digestive issues. Different story. But gluten-free aid doesn't always mean that it's healthy because it could also be loaded with different kind of additives and fillers, um, a lot of sugar, or just like a lot of different other kind of ultra-processed ingredients or still be an ultra-processed product. So those gluten-free Oreos, just because they're gluten-free doesn't necessarily mean they're very healthy, right? So scenarios like that. So gluten-free is this major buzzword where a lot of people will kind of be like, oh, okay, it's better for you. First, really look at the ingredients. That's what matters more than whatever the kind of label says. And then also really understand why following a gluten-free diet is going to possibly add benefits for you. And again, it's a case-by-case scenario. Not everybody needs to be following a gluten-free diet. Most people can benefit from it. Most people will probably feel a little bit better, but it also depends where those sources of gluten and different foods that they're eating. So it's very, there's many different factors, but nearly 30% of Americans and about 22% of Canadians are opting out to follow a gluten-free diet, right? So they are reducing their kind of ingestion of gluten. They're following a gluten-free diet. And again, this is gaining popularity with restaurants, on store shelves, with different products. And even if they're doing following this, even if they are not necessarily celiac. And myself is one of those examples, right? Like I am not 
celiac, I can have gluten and it doesn't have a massive response for me, but I choose to follow a relatively gluten-free diet. So I look for those more healthier alternatives, gluten-free alternatives, even going to a restaurant and so forth. I prefer going for those gluten-free options because I notice that it makes a difference with how I feel. And also if I do keep gluten in my diet on a regular basis and I am stressed out or there's other scenarios or something happens, it kind of just like raises that threshold on my body. It adds more stress to my gut. So this is exactly what happened previously for myself where I wasn't paying attention to how much I was consuming when I was consuming. And there I had it in my diet on a regular basis. And so if I do that, then I notice I start getting responses because I kind of hit that threshold for my body. But if I remove it for the most part, then I can have it on occasion without it having any kind of massive impacts or creating stress or really impacting my digestion in any way. So again, person to person, it varies. But again, just kind of being aware of all of these different things. Now, what is gluten? I know it gets thrown around. I've been throwing it around and I've been sharing it as well. A lot of people don't really know what that gluten is. Now, gluten is a protein that is going to be found in wheat. It's going to be found in barley. Um, it's going to be found in rye as well. Um, and it can also be found in many different kind of processed products, more commonly known for kind of being found in like pastas, in breads, in certain baked goods, in flours, right? These are super common. Now, again, little disclaimer, sometimes people aren't necessarily having the issue with the gluten, right? So if it came from quality, like natural sources, they might be fine. Sometimes the issue is actually the sources, right? It's the baked products. It's the ultra processed products. It's the foods with all the fillers and additives and all of that binders and all of that stuff. And so again, If we just go follow a gluten-free diet, sometimes it may have benefits and then sometimes it may actually be other things. So if we're just replacing those gluten-free products with more ultra-processed, super-refined, poor-quality foods, then it might not necessarily be the reduction of stress on our gut that we're looking for. Now, the big, big reason why gluten specifically can be problematic for a lot of people is because it's difficult to digest, right? It's not only a fairly kind of large molecule where it's like it requires a lot of different enzymes and proper breakdown. A lot of people have these issues with their digestion and they don't have the proper production of certain enzymes and the, the strength of their gut in a sense, you can call it, um, to really kind of properly break down these foods. It's also a protein that is very kind of resistant to certain enzymes too. So it needs more of it. And so this is where a lot of the times people who have issues with gluten also have issues with a lot of other foods too. And so this is again, why I personally, as a coach, I tend to recommend a gluten-free diet for starting off for most of my clients because a lot of the times the clients that come to me, they have hypothyroidism, they have gut issues, right? They have poor digestion, they have a ton of food sensitivities and intolerances, they have high cortisol and they're dealing with a lot of inflammation and they have these hormonal imbalances. So what can we do when our body is in this really stressed out state and this inflammatory state? We want to reduce as much stress off as possible. 
And so one of the things that I usually recommend is going gluten-free. And this doesn't have to be difficult. This is the other thing people really need to realize because a lot of the times it can be like, oh my gosh, I have to go gluten-free. It's this big thing. Stop focusing so much on what you can't have and focus more on the things that you can have. So you can still have carbs. You can still have different types of foods, right? There's so much food out there that is gluten-free. A lot of natural whole foods are gluten-free. Rice is gluten-free. Quinoa is gluten-free. Sweet potatoes are gluten-free. Fruit is gluten-free. So instead of focusing on the foods you can have, if you are wanting to go into a gluten-free diet, focus on the foods you can have. And by focusing on those natural whole food sources, right? It's often very easy to follow a gluten-free diet. And so I kind of, (laughs) I kind of do this with my clients without them usually even like knowing because we don't even, we don't put any food rules. I'm not like, Hey, you're going on a gluten-free diet. Sometimes it depends on the person, right? If we have suspect celiac disease or something like that, then obviously, right? But we really want to focus on the foods we can have. And so again, a lot of times people will, I will just, instead of giving my clients food rules or making them think whatsoever that certain foods are bad foods or good foods, because I don't believe in that either. Instead, I'll be like, Hey, these are the foods that can really support your body. So we fill up their day. We show them these meals. We show them these recipes that are aligned with their goals, which can nourish and support their body. And as a result, we're also removing certain types of foods without even having to think about it. So again, going gluten-free doesn't have to be difficult. And there's so many alternatives these days. You just really need to know what to look for and really have that understanding of where it could be found and looking for those alternatives. And again, we have so much nowadays like in our stores that are gluten-free. Again, a lot of time, like this is, I was saying before, like a lot of people are gravitating towards this. They're looking for those alternatives. They're wanting those alternatives. And the more we ask for certain things, the more it'll usually show up in our stores and the more options we'll get. Now, how do you know you might be have a gluten sensitivity or a gluten intolerance, right? There's a few different things that people don't even realize, right? We know the bloating. We know the digestive issues, right? That's kind of like... You think of digesting something, you think you might have gut thought. Well, it's like, right, food sensitivities or intolerances. We think that it is just a gut scenario, but we have to remember it's also an immune response. And so we may notice certain kind of symptoms that have to do with inflammation or this triggered immune response. Or so we have the bloating, but we can also notice that we have it like fatigue, a dip in energy. Right? This can be due to inflammation. It can also be due to damage of the intestinal lining over time and therefore poor absorption of certain nutrients. Iron deficiency, for example, right, really requires proper absorption. So a lot of people are anemic and they think they need to eat more iron, but they're eating more iron and they're taking the supplements. But the issue isn't intake. The issue is absorption and they have damaged their gut lining and they have poor digestion, poor absorption. And then, so they're noticing, yes, they include the iron in their diet, but they're not actually absorbing it and uptaking it. And so the issue too 
with certain kind of intolerances or food sensitivities can also result in nutrient deficiencies. Now, another thing that a lot of people might not realize is that certain symptoms like headaches or migraines can actually be like be a result of certain food sensitivities or intolerances. And so if you're noticing these things on a regular basis, really pay attention. Ask yourself if you're eating, you keep find you keep eating certain foods. And when it comes to like food sensitivities and intolerances, they're a bit different than an allergy, right? With an allergy, you usually break out in hives, you get a response right away. It's more of that immediate response by the immune system. Whereas food sensitivities, they are a bit slower. So the symptoms can be one to three days where you start noticing those signs and those symptoms. So really pay attention if you're eating certain foods. So if you have like a cheat meal, for example, and you go out and you have a massive pizza or you go out and you have burgers or something like that, and you notice that you don't feel that good for that three-day period, that three-day time span after, and then really dive into things and ask yourself, like, could you be dealing with certain food sensitivities or intolerances? Another thing too is skin issues. So a lot of the times people will be noticing that they have rashes, they have breakouts, right? They have all these skin issues and it's actually due to diet. And when they remove certain types of foods, their skin clears up because our skin is our largest organ for detoxifying, right? So it's like we really kind of eliminate toxins through our skin. And we also will notice certain changes where we have issues with either our gut health or our hormones. So really pay attention to skin too. If you notice breakouts, for example, around certain types of foods, or if you notice you get like any rashes, it doesn't necessarily have to be hives. Another thing too is like psoriasis or eczema as well can be related to food sensitivities or intolerances. And then of course, mood. Anything to do with the gut, anything to do with the gut and poor gut health and also impact our mood. It can also impact our gut microbiome, which is responsible for production of a lot of neurotransmitters, including serotonin. And so we may notice as well, if we're dealing with chronic gut health issues, it also can affect our mood. So it can also result in anxiety. It can also result in depression. It can also impact sleep too, right? Insomnia is pretty common. And so these things that a lot of people don't realize can sometimes be linked to certain food sensitivities and intolerances. And some of the most common are going to be gluten, can be dairy, can be soy, can be nightshades, these types of foods. We may notice that we have these chronic symptoms, we have these chronic issues and like simple changes, just like going on a gluten-free diet is an example of one simple nutritional shift we can make, which can have a massive difference on how you feel, on your headaches, on your energy levels, on your gut health, on your bloating, on your mood, all of these different things. And it is probably one of the most common things that common kind of food sensitivities or intolerances and exactly why a lot of people are gravitating towards more of a gluten-free diet. And even going gluten-free doesn't have to mean that you're never going to eat gluten or wheat products for the rest of your life. But try it for a period of time, a few weeks, and see how you feel. And again, don't focus so much on all the foods you can't have. Focus on the foods you can, and it makes it a lot easier.
but also (laughs) realize gluten, unfortunately, is in many different things that you may not even think about. So we kind of talked about a few of them before where it is common, like you see it commonly in like breads or pastas or certain baked goods, pizza, for example, but it's also can be found in beer, right? A lot of beer products um, can be found in soy sauce. So why you always see me posting on my Instagram stories about my gluten-free tamari or even coconut aminos is a great soy sauce alternative. Can be in flavored teas and coffees. You may not even realize it, but a lot of the different flavorings and stuff too, or even it just it being kind of processed with certain things. Processed meats is another one, right? And of course, too, if you a lot of those like meat alternatives, so certain like vegan products or vegetarian products where you have like the hot dogs or the patties or something like that, sometimes those actually have a lot of like wheat or breadcrumbs or something like that inside of them really paying attention to like deli meats or like salami or chorizo is super common as well. So paying attention to like the ingredients of certain foods, because it is fairly common as like a filler and a binder for certain things. And then of course your typical kind of like burger buns or cereals. If you have ice cream, for example, and there's like, it's like cookie dough flavor or something like that. And so much more too. So again, always pay attention to the ingredients, like ingredient label. And fortunately, We live in a time now where a lot of that stuff is fairly easy to notice. So we can usually see on straight on the label if it is gluten-free. And then also that being said, right, read the little ingredient label just to make sure because they are going to have to kind of put certain allergens on there, but also the ingredients matter just as much as if the label says gluten-free. Again, gluten-free doesn't make it healthy necessarily or as nourishing as possible for your body. And so really pay attention to the ingredients at all times with any processed product. Now, as I was talking about, this is one example of a very simple nutritional shift that can make a huge difference for a lot of people. And it's not about being like, okay, I'm never going to have gluten. (laughs) Gluten is the devil. (laughs) Not saying that. What I am saying is that You'd be surprised how many people benefit from following a gluten-free diet or at least for a period of time to notice if they end up kind of noticing those changes and noticing those improvements. And so you can notice improvements with your energy, with your bloating, with your headaches, with your mood, with your skin, and so much more too. So Give it a shot if you're on the fence. And one of the best tips that I can give you if you are trying to go gluten-free, because I know it can feel sometimes overwhelming trying to kind of figure out like, okay, well, I can't have bread. I can't have this. Do all this. Like, and stop thinking about things you can't have. Instead, focus on what you can have. And you'll notice your list gets a lot longer and it feels a lot better. And there's a lot out there too. And if you ever need recipes, if you ever need different types of recommendations or different foods, reach out. I've personally been gluten-free for a number of years now. And as I said, like we have so many different recipes for all of our clients because we work directly with women who are dealing with major gut issues for a long time or chronic kind of scenario, like chronic stress or different hormonal imbalances. And this is where we notice one of the easiest ways to reduce a lot of stress off the body is to look at your diet and see if there's any kind of those inflammatory types. 
That's all we got for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. One thing that really helps this podcast and other women who have yet to join us is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to listen. Please share with anybody you think might enjoy it. And also make sure to connect with me on Instagram at Nikki Quark. Until next time.